Hello, this is Chris from We Hate Bards. I'd just like to thank you for listening to our podcast. And if you like what you hear, we have plenty of more podcast material on iTunes, or you can check our website at wehatebardspodcast.com. If you like what you hear, head on over to iTunes and leave us a review. If you want to join any of our games, you can look us up on Meetup at We Hate Bards. Membership is always free, and we have games going pretty much all week. If you want to support us and throw a little coin our way, check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash wehatebards. Backers will receive early release podcasts and custom content, including homebrew games, custom modules, and more. So thanks again for listening. And now, on to the podcast. Welcome back, guys. Uh, this is the... Chris and Ben talk at you, episode four. We still haven't named it because our Patreon members haven't told us what to name it yet. Yeah. Uh, yep. Tonight we have a special guest. Yes. Mike Caldwell. But I'm also yeah. not Ben. Why is it the Chris and Ben talk at you show? Oh, I'm sorry. I meant the Chris no and Matt. Ben here. We, 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 were, we were talking about Ben's uh, YouTube channel earlier. So, oh, okay. yeah. So, um, uh, so I'm Chris. And you're? Steve. Are they no, still doing Matt. 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 And who's this what? guy over here? Everyone's wrong. Uh, who's this guy over here? Special guest. Weird, weirdly threatening hand gestures. No, they're just grabbing uh, Mike Caldwell. Yeah, I'm Mike. How's it going? It's going great. So for those of you who don't know Mike, Mike has been running our out-of-the-box uh, chapter of We Hate Bards and the Old School Dungeon Crawl and like 18 other games for the past three years? Three or four, yeah. Four yeah. years. They've been open two and a half or I think. They're no, four no. years. Four years now. They've, They've been, been open there. five years. Really? Yes. And you, before that, you ran an apparitions for us, and mm-hmm. yep. and then that got closed down. Yep. Portion. Because it's stupid. And now it's a purple east. Is that what they're doing? Yeah, yeah it's a purple east now. Yeah. Yay for drugs. <laughs> what did, <laughs> what did they do about the black mold and the sewage? That's actually a lot not, easier to clean up than people think. Yeah, not oh, good. Not not. You just call Surf Pro, bro. They did, did my attic that one time. It's super easy. Know. There. And then your house smells like peroxide for a day, and then it's all gone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Peroxide. Yeah. So. Uh, so yeah, this is Mike. Poor Dave. So I, I just recently handed off the old school dungeon crawl. Yes, yes. Else. So that was um, yeah. So that's I met last week again. He's a very awesome guy. Yes, He's very enthusiastic. Uh, yeah. I was actually really surprised which, at the crew that was which there. Which is probably out. our hey. longest running campaign. And we ate bars. Well, it's been a couple different campaigns. Uh, well, like, multiple campaigns. Well, yeah. well like the longest running Session. like iteration. Group, yeah. Thing, yeah. So I started it, then I brought in Justin, and I had to hand it off to him because I had to work on Sundays, then it got handed off to you, and now you're that. handing off to somebody that's, else. That's the dream, man. Yeah. So. Jim Guy has name. Yes. I would say, so one of the interesting things why I really wanted you to come on the show is, so... Uh, in our first episode, we talked a lot about etiquette and what it means to be a bard hater and, and you know, and part of our group and, and, and the purpose of our community. So nobody has been a better example of what we envision with We Hate Bards than Mike. Um, you're totally allowed to uh, uh, be offended by this or be bashful. It's fine. But uh, so Mike came to us and within a couple, you met us at Grand Con year one, was it it? Year two. Year two. I met. I actually met you guys at year one. Um, was invited to play, and said no, thank you, because people were like too attentive towards me. Yeah, and it made me nervous. Yeah, so I had to leave. Mm-hmm. So and then, like, eventually, you showed up at out of the bo- or at apparitions, and that's mm-hmm. where you started no, playing. No, then, right? then no, it was. Uh, then I met you guys at Grand Con. Oh, okay, the second year. And then I played with you guys. Gotcha. Okay. And then third year was out at the hotel. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
and those the year that I went with you guys and ran four games in one so day. So we're going to talk a little bit about Mike's exploits, That why he's the prime example. And Chris, I expect you to throw in stories because you've been to some conventions without me. Um, oh, that horrible, horrible. So Mike started and started uh-huh. basically within three months of starting gaming, started GMing. Yes. And we yes. had no idea whatsoever that he had never jammed before. No, and you did. I, I told you guys. That memo completely got skipped to me. Mm-hmm. And I, I told you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I had no idea. And I you thought, said, it doesn't I thought, matter. It'll be okay. I thought <laughs> yeah, that sounds exactly right. Yeah. And, yeah the, the first uh, time I ever played was at your apartment. Oh. Or no, it was at Apparitions then. Like, the third time I ever played was at your at your old apartment. And Strangers? Yes. Oh my gosh, that's hilarious. Why do you think I was so bad at everything? No, that's funny. You're right. I like, had no idea. So what's really funny about this is Mike um, basically jumped in and started running games within three months of starting gaming. And I thought he was like everyone else we meet. He was like, yeah, I gamed a ton in high school. Mm-hmm. You know, I took a couple years off. You know, I've been doing this for 20 years, blah, blah, blah. You know, the same story we keep hearing. No, no, no. I had no idea. It was probably... A I, year later, when I finally were like, yeah, I've only been gaming for a year, and I'm like... It's impossible. What? You, whatever. It, no, really, like, it's, it's been I, a year. I had played in... We had the conversation in 10th grade. No, okay. Not in 10th grade. I had played in, when I was 10 with a kid down the street who was the son of a Baptist missionary who had bought some old D&D stuff and was remaking it into being a Christian game. That's amazing. Success is a Christian-based RPG. Yes, yes it is. It's faith works. Um, so yes, so you That's fascinating. That'd be interesting. Um totally doable. You rolled a D one hundred to find out what your stats were. And I was terrible at everything except I got ninety nine on honesty. So my character literally could not lie. That's amazing. Oh, virtues. Alright, I like it. Um, so then Mike uh, ran a ton of games, and that was back in the, the good old Covington days, when mm-hmm. we were running seven days a week out of my basement. It was yes. exhausting. Um, if you ever want to know what I contributed to We Hate Bards... And, and every other week at Dave's shop. And every, yeah, it, it, that was mm-hmm. that was such an exhausting time. I you, you know, know I was working 50 hours a week, Dave's off, come home. At one in the morning. Yeah. Drive home. Ugh, good days. Yeah. Awesome days. So that was the fu- that's where We Hate Bards came from, is, mm-hmm. is that was... That was our lives. And Chris lived two minutes away. Yeah. And so we'd constantly, he'd constantly be at my house. And what, what was that I'd come home, there'd be like eight strangers in my basement playing a game. And I'm like, was cool. Was I, was I, in, was I in college then? Yeah. Yes. graduate school? For part of it. Shortly after I moved in is when he started, I think. Oh, yeah. So, um, then out of the box basically opened up. You yeah. started gaming there. You relocated and, um, to that side of town and you've, basically been heading that chapter there with as minimal input from us as possible. Uh, in the beginning, I know Luke and Ben were there a lot helping you out, but really, you developed your own, you know, call it a chapter, your own entire group. There's GMs I've never met, players I've never met. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, which, which I've is, never met, which is awesome. Because, yeah, that's... Yeah, that, Isaiah and Bob are cultivating people. Yeah, well, see, so. that, that's that's how it works. See, like it's you're the like pyramid scheme. It's like, the that's, pyramid scheme, and they just suddenly be like, "Oh yeah," be like, "I'm part, like I'm part of We Hate Bars," and blah blah blah. And be like, "I don't know who you are." How did this so happen? It, it really has worked, and Mike has proven that. So like, like because Mike was a non-player turned player turned GM turned lead GM and taught other people to GM, mm-hmm. encouraged other players to join. Uh, so one one of the biggest exploits, and and this is still a famous, infamous moment of Mike Caldwell. All day Saturday or all day Friday, 
run games, Call of Cthulhu and Vampire the Masquerade back to back to back to back. Yes. And then he has an open slot because everyone kind of had to have an open slot. So what does he do? Right. Will GM four players on a cardboard and walks around the convention. I saw him walk out with that and I saw him walk back in, trail with a bunch of players and sit down with the full table. Yeah, it's like 10 minutes. Yeah. And then stay till way past bedtime. Like just... Just I, I I wouldn't be surprised well, if one Saturday ran like sixteen yeah. hours straight. Like just absolutely, you know, half human, like half robot GM here. Yeah. Uh, so you, I want to say, Mike, you are the reason why we we had to talk and had to institute a policy where you had to have breaks. Correct. Like, that's absolutely. why because you would run four games in a day, and we were like, well, but and, keep in mind at that time I was. Within walking distance of that hotel. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. So all I had to do was go home, shower, go to sleep. Wake up, come get back. Get up, huh? come back. And that about to it. So you also, one of the big things, so we, we've talked a couple times, and we, we changed our convention policy. And I've been really, for the past two years, arguing with Chris nonstop about this. And finally this year, we're, we're in agreement that it's, it's a one-day convention thing, except for UConn. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's exhausting. And yeah. we've burned so many people out from it that won't come to conventions with us anymore. And we do have high expectations because we've delivered above and beyond anyone's realistic expectations of GMs at so many conventions. And we continuously do it. But man, does it take a lot out of you. And if you if it's not done well, not managed correctly, mm-hmm. it burns everyone out. And they don't have fun. We've burned ourselves out, but we've had a ton of fun before. Being a DM sometimes is like being in a job interview that lasts four hours where you're applying for a job for everybody in the table. Yeah. It's like that is it. There are times it's like, yeah, it is mentally exhausting, but there have been so many awesome moments. Yeah. Um, there was, there was uh, at one of the conventions, there's a game, uh, Vampire the Masquerade. And there's she had never played before, um, just like she'd never had any role playing experience, and her character was uh, very into nature, and there was a polar bear, and she said, "Oh, I I say what's up to the polar bear," and then, like she did a roll for it and rolled really well, so and held out my hand. She's like, what? I said, Rrr. And she, we, we fist bumped him. And, I said, and then the polar bear walks away. And she's, I just got a fist bump from a polar bear. Oh my God. And like, she literally put that on Facebook. Yeah. And no. How, and that's how awesome like, that was mm-hmm. for her. It, and yeah, it's just, there's, there's all these special moments with people. And it's a great way to connect with people. But, well, and that was one of the big things that has always separated We Hate Bards from really every other organized group at conventions that we see. We don't bring a module. Well, we do run modules too, but we don't really bring a module. We mm-hmm. write our own stuff. We bring our own stuff, which gives us the freedom to do those kind of things and mm-hmm. be that level creative and encourage well, those types of behavior. Yeah. Here's Chris, who ran a module where the kids who were running it, they killed one monster and then just talk their way through the rest of it. What module was that? I, it, it was the one where you go under the mountain. 
Um, there's the river. You ran it for me one time, and I, I tried to convince the guy to go with us, and so you had him commit suicide rather than go along with us. The, the, the priest at the town. Oh my goodness! Was it? Uh, you go into the mountain, and then there's like a big lagoon, and the river running through, and there's the chance for a whirlpool in the lagoon. Oh my goodness! I don't remember this, but but yeah, it sounds like something I do. Um, it was at the convention where uh-huh. we drove home, and visibility was from here to the end of this room. So, oh. so you were doing seventy on the highway. <laughs> so that's Yukon. And yeah. I was yeah. no, it wasn't Yukon. It, it was like Confusion or something. Yeah, I think so. Okay, it was the one where. Um, Two of the three people had forgotten either their gaming stuff or their like personal effects. Uh-huh. I, I had not brought any clothes or anything. <laughs> was that the one I forgot my my clothes and had to go buy clothes across <laughs> at Meyer? Yes. Oh yeah, my goodness! Yeah, I've heard, I heard this story. No, I, I, I like I was like, where are my clothes? And like it was sitting on my kitchen table, and I had nothing with me except my gaming supplies. So yeah, and I, I had I had to go same a, thing with me across the street, and I bought no joke green pants. I had on the bar shirt I had on that day, and I bought pineapple socks where pineapple were riding a skateboard <laughs> because they were the cheapest socks I could buy. And this is a time when I like when I was like dirt poor. Yeah, because yeah. I, I was like that I was your full time student. Yeah, yeah and whereas so, I just bought. Clean underwear, clean socks, and pack of t-shirts. And like, like I, yeah, the I, I wore it. And, yeah. Yeah. We, we went to the hotel lobby, and it's like, and Chris is like, "Well, we have to buy toothbrushes." Like, no, no, I bet you. We walked up to the the, the uh-huh. uh, front desk and said, "We forgot our toothbrushes. Is it possible to get like tooth?" And they, oh yeah, they they've got like little travel packs. Oh, yeah, that's amazing. I remember, people. I remember because I had I had, to, I had to shave and I, I shaved. They gave me a little like one blade thing with some nice yes. stuff. And, yeah, yeah, it was at that convention. That was the one where you ran. I forget. Was what it a D and D game? It was a D and D module. Uh huh. And uh, well, they, they killed like the first. They killed like the first monster that was guarding stuff, uh-huh. and then a con- you said it's a combination of intimidation, stealth, uh-huh. and uh, persuasion, and yeah. just talked their way through, it, 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 it was, and then fought the last monster. Yeah, it was. Like, it was probably. It was had to be a DCC module. Sounds like yeah. Yeah. well, as soon as you said River and Whirlpool, I'm like, yeah, it sounds like a DCC thing. Yeah, <laughs> and so yeah, I mean that's that's what it's, you know I'm that's the thing really roll with it yeah no yeah well we talked about that last week that if you you know you really have to, you're one of your big styles is to play to the player mm-hmm. you know bet and you do that better than anyone else and, and is i believe you called it manipulation oh. well here's the thing chris gave me the best advice when i was trying to figure out how to do things he said to me don't come up with one solution just come up with you know just come up with traps come up with Things for them to overcome, <laughs> and then be open for whatever it is that they come up with. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, okay, yeah. Because when I often design something or, or figure out something, it's like, yeah, I have a couple of, like situations like how I would do it in my mind, how to fix it. But I'm like, I'll figure it out. I'm like, you got this trap that'll that'll like got blades and could chop everybody up. They'll figure something out, and if not, they'll all die. Correct, <laughs> and you know, and it's funny is is because this happens to everyone, and everyone at this table is guilty, but myself included. Um, that's not how I wanted the players to figure it out. And so, like, there are times where it's, as a GM, you can forget that it's okay if they figure it out another way. And we all do that. We're, yeah. We'll put rules or something or, or make a that's, decision that, that pisses off the players because they're like... That's the that's the, that's the one GM trap. Tomb of Horrors is really good for that. And so is the the, the mountain, that White Plume Mountain. Yeah. Where they're like, yeah, White Plume Mountain. Oh, it was White Plume Mountain? Was, White Plume Mountain. was there a Sphinx <laughs> in the first room? I don't remember. That's the White Plume Mountain. Yeah. Uh, so, what's really interesting about the White Plume Mountain is... You know, you can't... So the number one thing... Oh, there's a locked door. All right. I cast... 
stone shape, and I, I mold the door, and the door falls down. We can't do that in White Blue Mountain because the magic residual. So they actually plot armor the dungeon itself in a lot of those old were, modules. Were you yeah. were you at the game when we made Ben run that? What White Blue Mountain? Yeah, we basically we all showed up. And I handed her the module and I said, you're running this, Ben. You have like half an hour, we're going to make characters. And you played like a something and I played a, 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 a Madron a Barbarian. It was Janitor Bot 374621. Yes, I was. Yes. Oh, did we record oh, that? Yes, we did. It's 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 up there. And Ben was just like, it, it's the look on Ben's face when I said that. It, it's, the look, it's the look where like he's going to spring forward and strangle me, which I, I live for. And so there's the, there's the Ben Curtis look of disapproval. Yeah. And one time I got the incredibly rare... Ben Curtis look of approval. Oh, I, I've never seen it. it. Was, I don't, I don't it believe it. Three point five game. Don't believe it. It's a he lie. He was playing a druid who was like trying to turn himself into a dragonborn. Okay, uh, that was like his his goal is eventually. Well, because you can do that, you can uh-huh. work your way up to being a dragonborn. Yeah. Okay, um, and as the lich is attacking the city with an army of skeletons in the sky above the city. There's 20 green dragons. Okay, yep. And everybody's just like, oh, we were screwed. We're screwed. Like, we can take on the Lich. We can take on a skeleton army. We can't deal with 20 dragons. And Ben's like, no, no, I have an idea. I'll talk to him. So on his turn, he somehow has wings and flies up. And I roll a d20 because there's not 20 dragons. Right. There's one dragon in 19 illusions. Yes. So I rolled, I had him roll, and it was if you match what I roll, you're dealing with a real dragon. And he, goes, and he starts trying to do uh, do diplomacy pardon me, to this dragon. And the dragon just ignores him like he's not even there. It doesn't even matter how well I roll. Nope. And he's, like, all angry. And then, like, a few minutes later, in the middle of someone else's turn, he says, wait a minute, what does it smell like up there? Mm. Oh, it doesn't smell like anything at all. It's just wind. And he got this weird look at his face, and his jaw We're dropped. just clicked, like... He's like... Oh my god. He was so happy and like, yeah, that's the Ben Curtis look of approval. Like, you, that was clever. When he figured he out... It. Yeah. He figured out I, that there was only the gonna, one dragon. I'm I'm gonna do the Chris Frank look of approval for you, and he does this all the time. And now that I point it out, you'll probably realize it. <laughs> yeah, is, 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 is that what I do? Is that what I do? It's the nasal intake and the slight head nod, mm-hmm. like that. That's what, the Chris what, Frank what, what, nod of approval. What, what, what it's like when what, what, what it's all coming together. When like, hmm. yep. I see. I live. I I live for that look. I I best the best feeling I can get. When I'm when you're playing is when like you see it click in in the, the, the like the player's mind like like oh that's how it works but it's usually like in a bad sense when yeah I get it. when like they're like, like they're like they're like when it, all of a sudden like when it's falling to pieces like and they're like they're like oh no oh no and then like it, it's like it's like the whole weight comes crashing down I'm like yes yes <laughs> and then there was the time <laughs> I that Justin and I were playing in a called Cthulhu game that you were running 
and we we were both Pinkerton detectives, and we called up the home office to find out what were we supposed to do because there wasn't immediately a threat, uh huh. But there was because uh, I think we had already killed the lizard man or whatever. Yeah, the the deep one probably. Yeah, yeah. and then it was a question of well, you know what they they want to keep looking into this. Uh huh. What should we do? And you very ambiguously told us to take care of it. I can't even think too. And so Immediate- Justin's immediate response to oh, me was, we gotta murder these oh, people. We're, we're supposed to kill them to keep it quiet. Oh, yeah, because he's, you know, I'm yeah, silly, okay, that makes sense. He's like, we'll kill all these people. You gotta kill them. It didn't work out for us, but, you know, those. And you, when you realized what was going on, you're like, what's the, you, we gotta kill them to keep the secret. I mean, like, this stuff that could ruin civilization. I'm like, I'm like, all right, let's get on with the murder. I can't, I, I think you all died at the end. I can't remember what happened. Oh, no, um... He was a sniper from World War One, and so you, oh, this you is got the agency campaign. Yeah, you, so this you is the, the one where I uh, yes, no, it wasn't was, agency. It was called Cthulhu. Yes, but it it was based in the agency because that's the one where I killed Hitler, right? No, I put a bullet between his head. No. Oh wait, yes, that was you claimed that you you shot him during World and War, and then we ended up teaming up with Adolf Hitler. No, that, oh, that, that was a different game. That, that was that was a different one. This was way before Mike's end. It was like four or five years. Apparently, we're cycling characters. Um, so you and like your character got the drop on us and um justin and i both didn't know about doubling your score within close range so we couldn't hit anyone and then you wiped the floor with us i don't remember that that's funny interesting anyway do you you were a hobo Um, you're a hobo who had been a sniper during world war one that sounds oh yeah homeless veteran after uh world war one yeah that that vague pun um all right. Do you have you, if you don't have one, it's okay. A non Dungeons and Dragons system, you can do a quick five minute elevator pitch for. Not five minutes, like just a quick elevator pitch. Uh, sure. Okay. Have you done Call of Cthulhu yet? And no. if you haven't done Call of Cthulhu, Tell you why what, haven't you? It's such a wonderful system. It's very instinctive and intuitive. Particularly to pick in seventh edition versus sixth edition. So yeah, seventh edition versus sixth edition. Uh, seventh edition, you have much more math and character creation but when you're playing you don't have as much math where you know sometimes in sixth edition where you know you'll be really in an intense moment and then someone will say give me a this times five it's like okay well now i gotta figure out what is this number times five did i roll under that Mm -hmm. whereas with this give me an extreme success or or something Mm -hmm. where yes you've already calculated out everything you're going to need and all you're it's doing then is just sheet. rolling, yeah. So that that's what makes that much better. Um, also, the ability to influence what's going on outside of the role by either pushing the role or spending luck to be able to change the outcome of the role. I really, really like. I can't tell you how much I like the, the pushing a role. Yeah, well, how, can you explain that concept? Okay. Because I've been listening to okay. the podcast. And so, you guys talk about it a lot. Uh, but I don't. I haven't actually gotten you, to play 7th edition at all because no one runs it anymore. I, I prefer it if the player tells me why it's important to their character. But let's say that you were playing a character based on you. Yeah. And there was something that you had to do to save your wife. Okay. And you failed the role, but you're trying to save your wife. Your wife is very important to you. So you say, okay, well, but this person means a lot to me. So... I'm, I would try really hard. And it's like, you make it important to your character. 
Now, if you succeed on the roll, on the second try, yeah. you've succeeded on the roll, and you get whatever the success brings you. But if you fail, you've made it important to your character. So and now, now something worse happens. So now it's a traumatic experience. Yes. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So it's, so, it's so a it, way that you can that sort of double sanity down. loss as well. Oh, yeah. With the failures. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and it's BRP, so you can yeah. fail on any role. Yeah, and it's also, it, 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 also it, it, it fixes the system of, um, well, it doesn't actually have to fix it, but it, it, it fixes it to a certain degree of, of. It improves it. Well, it improves it, but like it's like, oh, you need to do this, and this needs to happen, and you fail the role. Okay, do this other thing, you fail the role, you do this other thing, fail the role. All right, well, here's the information what you need anyway because it, it, you need to get on with the story yeah. and like it's a, if it's a passage that says fail, they can't get to the next layer of the onion to figure out the stuff to get right. there. But in order to push them, it enables them to so like... So RuneQuest has a similar concept of uh, the, the passions. Yeah, very much. Which <sighs> so is such a terrible life. All right, Avild and Canison got married. Yes, they Mike did. played RuneQuest for a long time. Okay, yeah. so they got married. Yeah. And in a dungeon, they got separated. Uh-huh. I had Candace's so, baby. Yeah, oh yeah, Vilda had to leave the campaign and now he plays a shaman and he wears the, the best. The blessing. The blessing. Um, so Avilda, and so he, she failed a very important role and Chris, mm-hmm. er, our GM Eric was like, well, make a passion Candace and check. <laughs> what? I, I don't have any. Oh, is, is it a Jason Sanford moment? What? Yeah, so Jason, we've told you the Jason Sanford story oh, yeah, yeah. of the Navy yeah. SEAL with one rank in swimming. <laughs> Um, it was very much that moment. So, like, he's married, had an over heels in love, and he has zero points in passion, Canison. So he gets base and fail utterly. Fail. Oh, that's it. You were in the god time trying to come back home, yes. and you lost yourself yeah. because you freaking had zero passion for your own husband. Yeah. Who had a 60% passion. Yeah, why, why weren't you putting points in passion for your husband? Because putting it all into points thuggery. in storm, thuggery and storm <laughs> Chaos. <laughs> no, that's day pre <laughs> Oh my gosh! So anyway, uh, Call of Cthulhu. The... You can you can run anything with it, um, right? The... I've done Scooby Doo. I've done Gilgan's Island. Mm-hmm. Where am I when all these fun things are happening? I'm good to do. I don't know. You, you you never. I say, hey, you want to come play Call of Cthulhu? And you say, no, I don't like Call of Cthulhu. I don't. Or that. or. I, I have to I be have with two my wife children and, children. and I have things. No, to do. your excuse back then was one child. Oh, okay. I have a child. But I don't have time for anything. I still or I have to help Chris. I have to. Or I have a house. Do you have any idea how much work to, a house is? I have to build a gate and then I have to mow my lawn six times. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Well, so I, I've done. Yeah. I, I actually, I'm glad you talked about it because I, I really didn't know the difference between the two editions. Mm-hmm. I just knew they fixed kind of a couple things. So that push well, yeah, also, this is one of the underrated things that they've done: sixth edition versus seventh edition. Is that in sixth edition, if you had high power, you had high sanity and you had high luck. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you had low power, you had low sanity and you had low luck. Yeah. Whereas in 7th edition, you roll luck separately. So oh. it's possible to have low sand and low power, but and be still have really lucky. Pilot. Yeah. I, I, I'm hoping I don't have access to Chaosium's books for how well Call of Duty is doing. But I hope it's doing really well. It seems like it's going gangbusters. Because yeah, I really I want it to do really well. Because it's a it's a great system and it deserves it deserves a lot of the claim. No, it, absolutely. It yeah, it really does. Um yeah, we we've repped them at a, at a couple conventions and stuff, and, and and there's a reason for it. We really support them. Yeah, um, it's great have, books. 
you back our Patreon. Did you see the one-page system I wrote that I, I fixed all of the issues that ever had with uh, BRP or Call of Cthulhu or... I don't know what BRP is. Basic role play system. Oh, basic role play. Okay, yes. Or the, the, the whole percentile system. Yes, where I fixed it. You fixed it all. My system's way better. It's only um, one page long. Well, in in all honesty, all I've ever done with the Patreon is put money in. We appreciate. That. I've never listened to anything or read anything. You, you should, because we post a lot of cool stuff on there. Oh. You mainly my one page system, which is amazing, and everybody should love it. Okay, you should love it. I, f- I fix everything that's wrong with me. I I love. Well, what do you think is wrong love, with with uh, the Call of Cthulhu system? Um, I could be in the ninetieth percentile, which means I am the best of the best, and I can still fail. Everybody can fail. Yes and no, but when it comes like like Monday tasks, like it, it, like literally the, the mentality of BRP in a lot of things, the way it ends up playing out is all right. Roll to eat that apple. Okay, okay no. I choked to death and die in this apple. Right. <laughs> I, I just like to point we've out, had this discussion before, but like really, like, like that is. I just like to point out three things. Yeah, one, I have never made anyone roll to eat anything. <laughs> I I've never made people roll for like basic things. Yeah, other than to see like okay, you're researching how well do you find yeah. out things. Okay, two, I slipped on ice three times this winter. So even though I've spent many years walking around <laughs> in yeah, winter, yeah. yeah, yeah. And three well, precarious situations. Like I get having a balance check on ice, but and three, there there are people every year who accidentally choke to death on food. I want to. So this is a your, your complaint is that this is a very representative of real life game. I want to roll eat the muffin. Roll is that what muffin. it was? No, yeah, it was it was the muffin. It was the muffin with what with Alex. Alex. When he, when he, when we went to Confusion and like I said like Hey, because everybody else is busy, I was like You're gonna run um, Teen Fusion. And he's like, okay. So <laughs> Team Fusion is like the game for the, like the kids and everything. And yeah. so there was a, it was, and mind you, it was just him. And then like twenty kids showed up, and uh, and and a number of the kids. Was I there for this? You may have been. You, but I think you, I think you, like Alex was the only person that was available. And so no, you did not come to this one. Uh, yeah. yeah. So and and the and a lot of the kids were uh, like had some extreme either like emotional issues or like they had some some type of like sensory processing issues so like people are like going like bu- like ben- like ballistic in this room like like all of a sudden like screaming out loud and like rolling around and Alex is not the type of guy who's like if you got like 15 people is like teach me how to do this and scream and I start throwing the table across the uh, across the room he's not going to be like ha 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 so like he had to do this for like two hours and like teach all these kids by himself and so like it's it's like it's it's a nightmare. I only last because I, I, this is like the 18th time I've heard this story. And, and, and so, and then he goes back the night, and I'm like, "How's it going?" And Alex is like, ah, and he was, and that night he was having these awful like stress nightmares about GMing, and like I was at the table, and they'd be like, and he'd be like, "Well, Chris, I want to do this, but, like I want to be like, I like I want to eat the muffin." And they'd be like, what? Be like, I roll to eat the muffin. Be like, Chris, you don't have to roll to eat the muffin. I roll to eat the muffin. And be like, I roll a one. I choke on the muffin. Alex is like, ugh, ugh. <laughs> And like, he's trying to get me to do these things. Like, I'm not listening. And be like, be like, I choke on the muffin and I die. And he's like, no, you don't. It doesn't happen. He's like, oh. <laughs> Wait, I'm sorry. He dreamed that you did. Yes, this he dreamed okay. that this happened. Like, he dreamed that like okay. I was at the table and was like, I rolled to eat the muffin. He was like, You don't have to roll. He's like, You don't have to roll to eat the muffin. You just eat the muffin. No, no, no I want to roll for it. I rolled the muffin. Be like, I, be like, I rolled one. I choke on the muffin. He's like, Wow. Yes, stress nightmare from G. Oh my gosh. I yes. Yeah. Roll to eat the muffin. Yeah. So that was that was great. <laughs> that was 
Okay, time. All right. My next t-shirt idea is going to be roll to eat the muffin. Roll to eat the muffin. Oh, yes. Yes. It's going to be a d20 with a one-up. What, what was the game that we were playing where it was, <laughs> it was there, pools folks. of ten? Everything like was, was... No. It was, well, maybe. We were playing people and we were trying to find out if there was a vampire and stop the vampire. I mean, it sounds like vampire. Um... But it was, uh, everything was D10s. It was individual D10s. And there was a skill of socialize. And it was a thing where you, if you, as the person running it, said to add something into was, a... Was it, was it Hunter? Were we playing Hunter? Maybe. It sounds like, it sounds like a, 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 a <coughs> White Wolf game. Could be. Uh-huh. Um, and you kept making me add in socialize to things. I didn't have socialize. So my dice pool of like four or five would be reduced to one, and I kept failing on everything. <laughs> yeah, and a, I showed up at the crime scene. Yes, that was I was the actual lieutenant. As like a yep, police lieutenant, uh-huh. you made me roll to try and get the other cops to give me a uh, report on uh-huh. what was going on. You told me to add in socialize, <laughs> so it reduced my dice pool to one. Mm-hmm. I failed, but then Luke's character had socialize and was just like a criminal informant. Or confidential informant. Uh-huh. Yeah. And he succeeded. I'm, the whole time I was just staring at you like, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the, the vampire system. It's like this plus this. You get the dice pool. You yeah. roll it. and then... Yes, but you as the person writing it kept adding in socialize. It's like, oh, throw socialize in there because you're dealing throw with socialize in there. Yeah. Okay, that means I can only roll one dice stress. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> You'll be fine. You'll be fine. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So. Oh, yes. All right. So that was our elevator pitch speech. Um, Blake all do. It's great. Play Call of Cthulhu, it's great. Also, check out our Patreon. and uh, Also, you can use it to run check out my any one scenario, system. and it doesn't have to be a Call of Cthulhu scenario. No, yeah, you really can't. Although, my, my Scooby-Doo and my Gilgan's Island were, in fact, Call of Cthulhu, Cthulhu. Yeah, of course they were. Ooh, yeah, the, the, the island that they get stuck on is, you know, the island that just rose up I'm from the bottom I'm surprised you haven't done like a, uh, an updated rules for BRP that matched 7th edition more. That, I mean, that... Is it I, necessary? I, that probably will be coming to the works. So, like, they did Call of Cthulhu, they did RuneQuest. And, now and so, like, maybe that's next, but, but they may think that it's not that popular to or do. Necess- yeah. Yeah, so... I mean, I can't imagine it's a ton of work. That's great. Is it a ton well, of work Well, well see, yet? that's the thing. With, with the original BRP, um, you could do anything with the system, but it was a lot of work to get to where you want it to be. Yeah. So you can, you can make a... Because, like, it, it, it details, like, a hyper-realistic system where people fail and they're very fragile. You can make Superman <coughs> in that, but the... It, the ability to do that and the math and all the stuff that had to go into it, like it was, it was a lot. So yeah. to get to that place, it was a lot of work. Well, and that's you know, Netherstorm's the same way. So one of the things I like about Netherstorm is that, and I didn't even realize this is a rule, was you add the base mm-hmm. plus your skill and roll under. So if I, if it's a really easy task, I could say the base is seventy five plus your skill. If it's over a hundred, you don't have to roll for it. Mm-hmm. And that happens a lot in a lot of situations. You would say, mm-hmm. well, if the base would be this yeah. mundane would be 75 if you have more than a 25 um base plus skill you'd never have to roll for it right um you know i don't have to roll to eat the muffin yeah uh because i have plus you know a base score of 50 realistically in eating food mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know i you know unless it's negative you know situation or you still roll that 100 because you can always feel like 100 yeah always feel like <clears throat> anyway so which would be biting your tongue or getting your cheek. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Choke so. on the muffin. <laughs> Choke on the muffin. 
<laughs> Took out the moving and done. One of my favorite moments was I was doing a game, a Call Cthulhu game, where they're in a cabin in the woods, and it's like it belongs to somebody's uncle, and they're checking up on him. And there's all these weird things happening in the woods, and they start hearing a banging on the door. And I was, it was in your basement with that big table. It was during the day, so there's nobody sleeping upstairs. Yeah. And I was just pounding my fist on the table. And finally, they like they start heading for the door, and it stops. And they go, and they open up the door. And there's a dead deer on the front porch that had walked up on the porch and was banging its head on the door until it died. Oh. That's and good. That's good. I... Like, Let me take I notes. don't remember who is who it was, but they messaged me the next day and told me they had nightmares from that. So, yes, yes. What like, are they called? Fallout the Wendigos. Yeah. Ah, ow! <laughs> I had to throw a pen at him just for because because all I had to do was the hand gesture motion, and he knew. What I was talking about. This whole fall situation where, like, they basically got trapped underground, <clears throat> and basically it was kind of like, it was a very slow burn scenario, like a very, like, you're trapped. Is this the finished. potato people thing? No. Where no. You, you wiped out his civilization? No. Yes, yes. W- but, without any warning and no foreknowledge at all that there was anything going on that could I'm cause any problems? Yeah. But, like, they were trapped underground, and, like, there was this whole battle scene, and, like, and basically what it was is the, the backstories they had, uh, the U.S. Army was genetically, like, super power armor, and people power armor, they're like, well, you know, other people can get power too, so we gotta figure out some way to, like, combat that. So, basically, genetically engineered these monsters, basically. Well, the Chinese made them, the, yeah. according to Fallout, like, the, the Chinese made, whereas we had technological superiority, they used genetic engineering. They created dark death claws and stuff from that. No, we created death claws. Oh, we did create the death claws. Yeah, we created death claws. Uh, but they got out. <laughs> So yeah. basically, what it would do is like the, the, they had these super sharp claws, and they would vibrate so fast, like they would hit you, and then they would just like cut through your armor like butter, like a vibro blade. Oh, nice! And so basically, uh, before the war had gotten out, like this facility, like they, it was basically like remember in Aliens when like they they show up and like everything's already finished, and like it's like the, it's like they're seeing the last stand of like the colonists of like yeah. what happened. It was basically that they were like seeing like the last stand of like what happened, or, like what is going on here. As they get, yeah, and as they everywhere. get like deeper and deeper, in every the thing, gun's empty. Every gun's empty. Empty. Like there's explosions everywhere, and like, but there's like you know, and then like no corpses, they, no corpses, and then they finally get to where it, they, fed, they take this trap basically deep into the facility, and they find like the nest, and they all wake up, and then, then it's like a mad rush to get the hell out because they're just pouring out of the vents and everywhere. I've had multiple nightmares over the years. I've had multiple nightmares from that scenario. Wow, because we're pretty D twenty is this D twenty modern, which is pretty pulp fiction. So you're pretty, <coughs> you know, you're you're all big damn heroes, like pretty yeah. tough. You're you're hard to kill, right? Yeah, it didn't matter. You're you're all big damn. Yeah, yeah, because it, it was like hundreds of them, it was, it, and be like, like, it's oh. just like we lock ourselves in the room. Be like, oh great, ting 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 ting. What's the ting 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 thing? Be like, oh, and then you see the vents just slowly rip open, and then they start pouring from the ceiling, and then there's an elevator, and we had to wait for you know this long slope military elevators that always move super slow. Oh yeah, I had to take one of those up. Mm-hmm. I hate you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had, I, had, I had a couple years after the like, so I had I had nightmares that night. I remember, and then a couple years later, I remember I had like a flashback nightmare where my cat and I, Commander, you remember Commander? I remember Commander. Were trapped in that facility, and Commander was running around killing these things, and like no matter how many he would like 
like, because they kept trying to sneak up on me, and so he'd, he'd be, like, in the vents, and he'd drag me, and all of a sudden, a dead body would drop, and I'd be like, thanks, Commander! And no matter how many time, how many how hard we tried, we couldn't escape, and, like, they kept just, like, surrounding us closer and closer and closer. Mm-hmm. Ugh. All right. So all right. my first creepy cat <laughs> was, uh, was in a Call of Cthulhu scenario. Well, you uh, ran or you were in? One that I ran. Okay. Um, so they are in a... What? What, did it involve me and Eric in a flamethrower? No. Oh. No, that oh, wasn't no, KBK. No. That was just you. That, yeah, that was just me. That was just you. Oh, yeah, I forgot we survived that, my second character. Okay, yeah. never mind. Uh, those, those, the dark white scenario. Um, which I got because I, I accidentally hammered a counterbore blade through my thumb and got... It didn't go all the way through because it hit the thumbnail <laughs> on the inside and then I had to go for stitches. And while I was, while I was watching the... TV uh-huh. in the waiting room. They did a uh, documentary about giant tires and the uh, the Lamro snow trains. Anyway, so the uh, the TPK was uh, they were <coughs> given a ride in a backwoods area uh-huh. by someone who had something growing out of their chest. Oh, that's not good. So Alex was in the cab. The other guys were in the back. <coughs> With the crates of dynamite covered over by canvas. So, like, they're debating what to do, and, like, the truck slams to a stop. And the guy just turns and says, You're here. Get out. I get out. I get And, like, okay. And so he's starting to drive away. And Alex says, So I take out my flare gun, and I shoot it into the back. Rose is full of dynamite, right? Oh, yes. I love Alex. <laughs> Shoots the flare gun into the... Sets off the dynamite. <laughs> and they were technically outside of the four-yard range of dynamite. <laughs> Crates of dynamite? Forget it, you're liquid. And I said, okay, well, you know, the, the explosion is not going to politely stop a few feet away from you. Because I think they were safe by three feet. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, you're one yard out. You mean a concussion the rest of your life, or have in a coma with a concussion. So, what I did was, I said, alright, this will be fair. I'm going to roll 5d12. So, maximum of 60 hit points, <laughs> minimum of 5. That's that's going to be like half their hit points. None of them taking any damage yet. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're either going to be half dead, or they're... You know, some somewhere up from there, but yeah, you know, that that seemed fair. Mm-hmm. Um, I know I got at least three tens. Oh, okay. It's just instantly dead. Uh-huh. Uh There's a smoking crater in the road, and then a few months later, I had them in a, another scenario <laughs> where they were investigating the mysterious disappearance of these people. <laughs> That's amazing. It's like, yeah, you you find this smoking crater in the road mm-hmm. where a pickup truck had been. Well, I love Alex. We're about at our time limit, anyways. So, plus wife aggro. Um, that's a big hot topic of our show is family aggro and how we deal with that. We don't. We just do what our you, wife tells us. So you you draw aggro from your wife? Yeah, all the time. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, um, I think we'll call it here. Okay, we'll be back. I think for next week we're gonna try to do a live stream. Is my goal. Ooh. So I'll put real Ooh. pants on, not pajama pants, and we use my fancy rock wall, Ooh. which I use for all my live streams. <clears throat> I, we could use you should those walls, but I've learned you never want to put yourself in front of a green screen on the internet. <clears throat> no, they'll push you in all sorts of stuff in the back. Yeah. 
What did people do to you? N- me, nothing, but I've seen things. So. Oh, okay. <clears throat> things that can't be unseen. So, uh, don't forget, back us on Patreon. We've asked that like 900 times. If you can't tell, we're really trying to focus on Patreon. Um, also, still, don't forget the GM appreciation. June 18th. Mike, you're invited. Please make sure any GMs you know for We Hate Bards are invited as well. Okay. Um, it's it's like a gun range, but for axes. Yes. yes. It's pretty like, legit. We're all dressed like dwarves. <clears throat> No, we're not. We're, we're not. Um, join us on Meetup. Uh, it's free. Mm-hmm. And games running all the time. Oh, like yeah. us on Facebook. And we'll see you next time. Yep. So why don't you send us out, Mike? Oh, you, no, now you don't want. do the send out. Do the send out. Think of something else to do. Give us, a right. nice, give us a nice send out. But not the regular send out. Something different. <coughs> As you walk into the library with the obsessive need to find those books on paranoia. You ask the librarian where they are, and she whispers into your ear, They're behind you. It's amazing.